while and listen. You've arrived at episode 96 of Colette and Matt have entered the chat. You know what 96 is? What's 96? It's the reverse of 69. <laughs> nice. Wow. That's, that's the best I can do. Good night, folks. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's not the end of the show. I am Matt Silverman, joined as always by my co-host, the acclaimed author, streamer, oh letterer, video gamer, uh, journalist, all the things. When you uh, say it like that, it makes me feel like, uh, you know, like, wow, do I do I do all those things? She does all the things. Uh, who are you? <laughs> Colette Bennett. That's me. She, she needs no introduction. <laughs> so fancy. <laughs> How have you been? We we the, the listeners don't really uh, perceive this because we come to you every Friday, but we we recorded so recently, and now here we are again. And and maybe you won't hear this right away. So uh, we're we're in a bit of a time warp, but we're back. And so we just spoke. <laughs> but how are you in in the small time since we spoke? Well, I'm good. Um, I am kind of. I'm now at the point, and we've talked at length about um, my personal hatred of winter. Um, yes. I've now got a countdown app on my phone on yes. on the main screen that says spring, forty one days left. <laughs> and so for the for the next, you know, however many episodes until it's spring, I will probably be like, "Hey, today's countdown says," because I am like waiting. Like, lucky for us. Well, lucky in, in one way and weird in another because probably global warming. But like yesterday, it was like 60 during the high Ooh, of the day. And I nice. was like, oh, God, that's that's good. Yes. Um, but it's it's 39 right now. And, um, you know, it's the sun is out. So that's good. But um, this has been every winter is like. I've learned a little more about like having seasonal affective disorder and what it's like and how you, and like every year I'm like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and I'm, I'm going to be good. Like I'm not, and like, I'm just kidding myself. I'm not good. And like, and is it getting worse? I'm, um, I'm struggling more as I get, uh, become, older. you know, head to the nursing home here. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't think it's getting worse, Okay, but I think that, I think that, and, you know, maybe that'll change. I don't know. But I think that I am more realizing, like, I have to be more realistic come late fall when I'm like, all right, you know, I'm going to keep up my exercising and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I'm not going to experience any discomfort. Like, I think I need to be like, this time is coming. <laughs> How can I be as gentle to myself as possible? And like, what can I do on the days when it's really tough? Like today's mm. a good day. Mm -hmm. I, I, I feel OK. The sun is out. It's going to be warmer again later. But like, it's just a really tough time. And I always notice that I have the hardest time in January and February. Like, I'm oh, not God. too bad in December. But then again, yeah. in Atlanta in December, it's like, we're not getting into the 30s and 20s usually yet. Yeah, at that yeah, point. yeah, 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 yeah. And you're still, you're, there's also, I find like, there's still the holidays. There's still things happening. Right. You're seeing friends and family, you're cooking stuff, whatever. Fucking January and February, there is nothing going on, nothing no. to look forward to. Though no. uh, it's the worst, worst temperatures and no end in sight. It is just a. I okay. I didn't. I didn't want to do this here, but 
it's got to happen. I'm I'm here to announce my run for president of oh, these United States and my platform finally. ban January and February. We're banning them. Yeah, okay? I would love that. Like, can we just do the, what the rest of nature does and just go to sleep and then wake yes. up and it's like starting to get warm? Like, but I did notice, I think last week I went into a store and it was like fucking Valentine's Day shit everywhere. And I was like, <laughs> yes, because these people are desperate for like a, a reason to make people buy stuff. But B, like, oh, my God, just make like the the pain of February, like go something. Like, yeah, yeah. Yep. It's like uh so um anyway, but uh I I definitely do know that one plus of this time and there are some um are is that I you know, I am more likely to delve into more games than I might be in a warmer time and I might be going out more or doing, you know, things more except and games be coming out uh you know december really slowed down and not like you and i are like oh every new release every triple a but like the calendar is stacked uh right now and heading you know from now until march and april like there is a lot uh coming down the pike yeah 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 definitely um so you know that's that's definitely worth looking forward to um i say as i'm like when are they gonna release the sequel to hades oh my god and and breath of the wild uh oh god oh my god there went 250 plus hours of my life (sighs) we've i think we've touched on this but it's just like live in life oh my god there a breath of the wild sequel will happen like soon ish you know and it's like wow that that exists and it's it's almost done and it's almost here it's wild yeah Um, it really is all right well look let's uh speaking of what's popping in games let's get into uh some some things that are happening Not not hard hitting news per se, but just some some of the rumblings and conversation that have been uh, popping around here, and and maybe some things that were a little off the radar. So I know there was a topic that you wanted to uh, discuss. We had we were deciding whether or not to cover it here, and and I think I think we decided to to chat about it a little bit here. Yes. Well, um, yes. I told uh, Matt in our prep before the show um, that I I was thinking about pieces of news to discuss and i was kind of like you know i don't really want to talk about you know activision's 35 million dollar settlement um and i didn't really want to talk about it but i think uh, matt and i discussed and decided that despite it being in my opinion pretty unpleasant um that maybe we we should so just as a summary for anyone that might not have caught the news late last week um including me I, yeah. I cannot believe. Look, I I, I, I wasn't going to give you away. So no, I have to. I just have to express my surprise, and I think it's part of the discussion where it, where it's like I'm a reasonably plugged in person, and I follow game news voraciously, and I work in media less so these days. You know, uh, uh, formally, uh, I did not see this story anywhere. I yeah, don't is, observe anyone weird. talking about this. Yeah, it's bizarre. Well, I mean, I okay. Well, on one on one point, right? <laughs> at at my job, my when I pitch a story or when one of my writers pitches a story, I I'm often notice my boss saying, you know, what's the customer facing angle? Like, why would customers care? Yeah. Because if, for instance, if it's a union story, which of course there have been many in games recently, um, 
you know, our readers don't really care. And I, it, it's interesting from the writing perspective to be like, oh, people don't really care unless it affects them. Hmm. So, you know, this doesn't really affect gamers in any way beyond, you know, if gamers have a negative opinion of Activision Blizzard and, of course, you know, the people that were affected um, by the years of sexual harassment and discrimination at the company. So basically, like, um, well, let me go back just in case other people haven't heard it. Um, so uh, Activision Blizzard has decided that they will pay the SEC $35 million to settle charges that it violated workplace misconduct reporting rules and whistleblower protections. This has to do with um, uh, a lawsuit from two years ago that alleged years of sexual harassment and discrimination at the company. And, um, you know, there was a point, uh, especially like last year, where, you know, Activision Blizzard was really just drowning in lawsuits and looking really bad. And then, you know, Microsoft was like, oh, yeah, we're going to buy them. And it was kind of like looking as if maybe that would be like a saving grace for them to maybe get like a complete overhaul. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't know if that sale is going to go through or not. That's another story. Right. Completely. Yeah. But I think what peeves me the most about this is that rather than having like that, they they admit no wrongdoing, Mm -hmm. you know, like a settlement is just like, okay, we won't openly admit wrongdoing, but we'll pay this money. uh, Basically, and I think the thing that bothers me so much about that is it feels to me like a real like patriarchal victory Mm -hmm. um, because you know, it feels to me like these, you know, women's claims were ultimately in the end just kind of, you know, paid off. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really frustrating for me. It's it's not I, I do feel like, you know, Activision Blizzard has definitely, in my opinion, they have definitely shown me what kind of business they are. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely to the point where I'm like, OK, do I really want to buy Diablo four when it comes out? And like I've been like hedging because it is a series i enjoy so much but just like i said when i you know i played diablo immortal last year there's so many games i could go play yeah there's so many great games i could go play and i'm really not gonna die if i don't (laughs) play that game so frankly yeah i uh i'm just really disappointed um but not surprised maybe is the best Mm -hmm. way of putting it so I, I wish I knew more about how settlements, federal lawsuits like this work, because, you know, <clears throat> it's not the listener's job to fact check or correct uh, our our discussion. But if anyone is more fluent in this, you know, and, and you're in the discord and want to discuss it, please let us know. But like my two thoughts are I presume a settlement has to be agreed upon. So I think both parties, you know, the plaintiff or whatever the class, I don't, you know, the, the government is representing the people who brought the complaint. So the, both parties have to agree and say, Hey, we're Activision. We're not going to admit to wrongdoing, but we'll pay a bunch of money. And it's up to the government or the plaintiffs to say, no, that's not enough money, or no, we won't settle, or yes, thirty-five million is enough. That'll do. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, you need you know? a law expert to really like 
discuss, you know, the discuss it all in details. And that's not to diminish the the disappointment that you and victims and and anyone else would feel because again like t- exactly as you said like it doesn't feel like justice no one no individuals who com- who allegedly committed a crime here paid you know for for that crime whatever that might be whether it's you know j- jail you know prison or whatever um but I can only hope that that thirty five million dollars eventually go to the victims in some proportion. And if I understand correctly, that is a fine that is paid to the SEC. Right. So I do not know if any part of it, but I don't think so. There has been another settlement because this is not the first time that Activision Blizzard has been, you know, like, barely slapped on the wrist for for major not okay issues right um that did pay uh that did pay the the people they settled out of court to pay specifically pay folks that had sexual harassment claims so that already happened right right but another a separate you know a separate claim that is related but not quite the same. So, I mean, I think this fine is collected by the SEC. I'm not yeah, sure. Specifically yeah, that's how a it's good. Used. Okay, so right, maybe but, there's a civil. Maybe you're. Maybe there was a civil suit that that went to the victims, and then this is this is them paying a fine to the government because they broke whistleblower laws. It's not specifically right, about the. Right. Yes, you might be right. right, and so no, I believe yeah. I. I mean, I think I wrote about it when the first one got okay. got what settled, but. Yep. And I find this really interesting. If uh, I'm looking at the Kotaku article, and, and the first article, I mean the first article, the first comment says, in 2021, Activision Blizzard's annual revenue amounted to 8.8 billion U.S. dollars. Exactly. I was about 35 to, million yeah. is approximately 0.4 percent of Activision's yeah. earnings in 2021. Yep. They made 35 million every 1.45 days. Wow, this that's, is a risk. Basically, a risk slap is what that's these it. Commenter that's, says. that's what it is. Is that, that these fines are are just not in proportion with with the value uh, that the that the company generates, and that's it. That's the I don't know. That's the 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 part that's broken with capitalism as it as capitalism relates to just the justice system uh, right that's really where the nut right. is uh, and for me, anyway. I, one thing i think is interesting from the financial perspective because you know like i think my job yep. really i can't help but start to watch how companies behave because of where i work and so i was like you know well will this you know really have like much of an impact on you know their uh, their stock and you know it had a little drop but like <laughs> not not nothing nothing that that I would say like you're like oh wow that really no people don't care because no, it makes too no. much money no. so yeah. i mean yeah like it was part of part of the reason why i was like ah oh, i don't know if i want to talk about this is because i just kind of felt like you know I don't know. Like it's 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 really um, depressing uh, for me personally. So uh, yeah, I don't. I, I it doesn't look good for them as far as the Microsoft acquisition. Uh, the mm. SEC is really pushing back hard on that too, like claiming mm-hmm. that it's a monopoly and that Microsoft is kind of buying its way to the top of the gaming pile if they do this, which is I think true. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But so okay. So here's a. I know. I know you don't. Want, you don't want to stick with this topic for too much longer. But 
let's say the acquisition does not go through mm-hmm. and Activision just goes back to being Activision Blizzard and and continues doing what it does. Uh, they paid a, a couple million in fines. Mm-hmm. The loss, the the biggest story and the biggest lawsuit in ga- in gaming in the gaming industry for the last you know three to five years is done and over and it, it goes away. No, nothing more to say. Do they? They have not paid a meaningful price for the misconduct. No. So do they continue just going along? As if nothing happened? Yeah. Or do you think there was enough of a public reckoning where at least some meaningful management change would would be implemented, you know, policies or HR or whatever, to just avoid that for even from a very cynical business perspective of like, hey all, we we don't want to deal with this legal bullshit again in five years. So let's clean up this shit. Well, I mean, you know, when all this stuff started to get addressed last year, you know, there were all these, oh, we did all these things, you know, Mm -hmm. but like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it'd be hard to say. Like, I think, you know, the only way you can know if things have really changed is if employees step forward Mm -hmm. um, and, and discuss what's happening there. And, you know, perhaps things will change and perhaps they won't. I don't really know. But I mean, I do think that you know, a slap on the wrist is definitely, I, yeah. Like people were calling for like Bobby Kotick's firing for like months. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think he's corrupt as, you know, you can possibly imagine, but. Right. So I, I guess in a world where the acquisition happens or doesn't happen, there's no sign that he wouldn't continue on. Right. I mean, that's yeah. everything's. No, I think there. these I think these folks think that they, you know, they they are so powerful because of the money they make that they are beyond yeah. reproach. And I mean, this, I think, kind of proves that. Yeah. Or just that in your own mind, you are it's like, well, mistakes were made and and this or that. But like, look at all this good stuff that I have done. So yep. it's still fine. It's and I look, deserve to be. Yeah. They know Diablo Immortal is still making a shit ton. It's insane. Yeah, it's, it's insane. a shit ton of money. They're about to drop Diablo Four in the next couple of months. That's going to make a shit ton of money. Mm-hmm. Maybe not at the same level as a mobile game that you can pump money out of. Constantly. Which is wild, and we've discussed it. But like, if all you care about is the money, then it's almost like why even bother making a sixty dollar AAA game? Just make the gotcha mobile stuff well, forever. like it's crazy and i think we'll see i mean i'm i'm pretty sure their business plans have probably been i think we'll see some interesting moves in that direction like yeah. i wouldn't be surprised if they're like okay we tested the waters with diablo but maybe i don't know like maybe maybe they figure out something to do with let's see they own overwatch right yep i don't know if if there's overwatch mobile because I, I don't pay any attention to the Overwatch community. I think there's yeah. an Overwatch mobile game, right? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, no. Actually, there isn't. People I, are talking about so. it in, in on Reddit. So, like, yeah, I can imagine that folks might, you know, maybe they'll take another big, uh, an, like, there was a rumor in 2021 that, like, a job listing on Blizzard's website leaked Overwatch mobile. Oh, interesting. Because um, it was a product manager listing 
let's see blue entertainment is looking for a talented and enthusiastic product manager to help us create the best mobile game experiences in the world this person will be working on diablo overwatch hearthstone and many more fantastic games yeah yeah so and that was mobile project so they're probably yep. making it you know yeah and it's I, like I, okay every competitive shooter everyone fortnite PUBG, uh uh call of duty and Apex Legends, although Apex, they just shut down the mobile version, which is interesting. I, that's fascinating that I guess they were not generating the revenue they wanted or became a headache or something. Um, but so like on one hand, it's like, who's going to play Overwatch Mobile? On the other hand, it's like, yes, every kid and person in China will play this game. Like definitely. Right. So it's it's almost a no brainer. Um, it's just that's just very interesting. Yeah. Um yeah, I I feel the disappointment. It's wild that this biggest biggest calamitous story in the game in the industry has just kind of vanished with a whimper. Uh, again, if you had not brought it up, I would not have even seen this. That's yeah. wild to me. Yeah, and I mean, I hate to be this woman on one hand, but on the other hand, I kind of don't. This no, is shouldn't. kind of what it feels like for women to call out sexual harassment like the me too situation was like insanely unusual and was like kind of jaw-dropping for so Mm. many women that have you know either directly coped with stuff like this or you know a friend has coped or a family member has coped um yeah so uh yeah this is kind of how what it's like for us mostly um, you know, you, you do your best to, to point out or, or draw attention to something that's beyond not okay. And has been happening for, you know, God knows how it's probably been happening since the beginning of time. And sure. oh, like, yeah. you know, often it's like, oh, well that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, thank you for bringing it to the attention, even though it's a bummer. And uh, let's keep tabs on it. Let's see if there continue to be civil lawsuits or more people coming forward and or meaningful changes in the culture. Hey, maybe, maybe we'll see some change here. After all, perhaps there's a reason to be optimistic, but, you know, we're not holding our breath, as you you mentioned. Yeah. What else you got? What else is kicking around? Uh, well, I could talk about what I'm playing if we want to transition into that. Uh, well, you had some other, uh, some other tidbits here. Um, Oh, right. Oh my God. What am I thinking? So, uh, on a much more lighthearted note, (laughs) uh, this morning while I was nosing around trying to think about what I might want to bring up or if I had missed anything, uh, I came across something that I really just did see 10 minutes before the podcast. And it was, um, an article about, you know, I, I clicked it instantly because the the gif above the article was a legend of original Legend of Zelda, which I love so much. And I found out, well, what, actually, the headline is, "What game is this?" Wrong, it's Minecraft. And I was like, <laughs> "What?" So I went and looked, and it's really quite fascinating. We can put the link in the show notes, but the the TLDR of it is that, um, you know, one YouTuber was like, "I'm going to recreate the entirety of the Legend of Zelda overworld map in Minecraft," and they did it by editing textures and like exploiting in-game features, etc. Um, but uh, they what what I think is so interesting about it, other than the visuals, which is great, is that they wanted to avoid using third-party mods mm-hmm. or resource packs mm-hmm. they just wanted to see what they could do without those yep. and so the there's a video showing um how they did it 
uh, and like the, what the, the the troubles the person went to to come up with this like fully playable like Zelda in Minecraft is like extremely fascinating. Um, <laughs> so what's interesting as well, I thought was that uh, the the creator was like, I will make this downloadable when this video gets. I don't know, a certain number of likes, <laughs> I think. Uh, let's see. Hold on. I have to go look and see if they got it. But they, they also did some sort of Sonic the Hedgehog project, I think. Um, yeah. So <laughs> they were like, you can download this when I get 5,000 likes. And right now it has 1.9. So I guess, uh, yeah, <laughs> you can't well, download I'll, I'll, it. I'll give it a like. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, I will too. Um, but it's extremely fascinating, and it it continues. You know, I really don't play Minecraft. I played it like God, maybe eight or nine years ago. I played it with a friend a little, but like I have always been like the aesthetic snob. That's like Minecraft is just so ugly. Like <laughs> I just don't want to play it. And I have friends. Like I have a good friend actually that's like regularly playing. Like he has a server and he's regularly playing. And sometimes I'm like, maybe I'm missing out. I don't know. Like. It just doesn't seem I'm just not attracted to it naturally. But when I see things like this, I'm like, you know, whether or not I think it's for me, it it's just like an unbelievable tool. Like watching it, watching something like this happen is just it's crazy. It's in truly your crazy. newfound uh, passion for survival, base building, core keeper, etc. This is the Mac Daddy of those games. It's the ultimate it's one true. of those. It's true. Um, and it is it is in some ways the progenitor of all those games that have come before it, uh, or excuse me, after it. Um, That's so true. I, I think you'd love it. I mean, I don't know. I always uh, enjoyed and appreciated the aesthetics, and you can get nice texture packs that really kind of uh, amp up the visuals. It's still, it obviously remains blocky; it always will be, but um, you right. can make it pretty. You can make it really pretty. I, I just want to, I have to watch this video because now, because here's what you sent this to me and I was like, how has this not been done before? I swear, I swear it's been done. And um, I think what has been done in a lot of different ways in the past is like, hey, we made the Legend of Zelda as a first person map. So we made the map one to one scale and then you can walk through it in first person and and experience it that way. And right. this is, to as, as far as I can perceive it here, as I'm looking at it, uh, that is not what's happening here. It is a, it's a top-down map. And I don't know how yeah. you play the game, but it's, the YouTube, the, the creator is is using, like, you can build computers in Minecraft, as, as we, listeners probably know. So they're using command blocks which are basically circuits to create computer logic to make enemies move around and then i don't know how you control link that's my big question is like i don't think you're you're walking around as link in first person you are top down controlling link somehow with some sort of controller setup or d-pad or yeah. something in the he game he explains like if you watch the full video he walks through like everything he did to make it everything he did you know like like all of it so you can watch it from like the you know the curiosity perspective of like how did this person accomplish this yeah so um, so basically it's not a first person map of the legend of zelda it's he built a computer game inside of mm -hmm. minecraft which 
I will never not be oh yeah floored it's by insane. this it's insane like he goes through like making the flat map and then he's like okay I wanted to like use these textures to build it to 3D so like I went into the code and I did this and you're just like wow what the fuck like that's just amazing especially so, cuz like you it, it, for years decade a decade or more of this one you would see builds I used to cover this all the time you'd see builds of like I built a calculator in Minecraft and it's 14 miles long and it can add up to three digits and people are like whoa that's amazing and now here's people i've seen people program space invaders into minecraft and now we have the entire map of legends of the it just keeps getting better and you know I, there's nothing like this game i i continue to say that minecraft is i think minecraft is the most important video game ever made uh, wow i i, I it's it's influence and it's it's popularity and it's 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 impact on every other game that has happened since then is monumental it, it's truly um outside yeah. so no anyway. i mean i i 100 like see see exactly what you mean and i feel like even not having delved deep into it i i don't know if i could really disagree because like i mean you know i've written at work about you know, it's impact and, you know, the way it's used in schools, the way it's used in teaching. Right. Exactly. Uh, it touches yeah. all those and things. Like, you know, I can think about the games that I love the most and still not quite be like, oh, yeah, they did that. Like, mm -hmm. no, mm -hmm. it did that. So, yeah. So maybe I I mean, I remember that when I first saw Stardew, I was also like, I don't know. Like, I don't really <laughs> think that looks, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. So maybe I will have to revisit this uh you know, this snobbiness of mine and see if perhaps it can be combo broken. <laughs> Check out my, the hot new game, Minecraft. <laughs> um, oh, man. And I feel like the funny part is that people would probably actually put up with me being like, oh, my God, Minecraft finally clicked. Like people like our listeners would be like, like, listen to that instead of being like, yeah, no shit. Hey, I, I would love to hear that, especially... You know, there are so many people who grew up with Minecraft or, right, you know, I've been right. following and playing and covering Minecraft since it was in not alpha, but beta as it moved from a very experimental thing to like, hey, lots of people seem to be playing this on Reddit and YouTube. Um, I've I used to fo follow each update. It was like, ooh, it's Halloween and I'm not going out to a Halloween party. I'm waiting for version 0 0.056 to drop because there's going to be pumpkins in it and it's going to be awesome. Like we're sitting at my computer waiting for the next Minecraft update. Like that's how long, and I'm a grown ass adult. Like imagine kids like getting into that at that time. Like, so yeah, watching the game develop publicly and then become acquired by Microsoft for just at the time was an insane amount of money. And now it's just so accessible it's on every phone it's on every mm -hmm. console it's on every computer and it's all cross play and everyone every kid you've ever met has played it and it's like yeah just and amazing. i don't know if it could have had that reach without microsoft's help no no it, it certainly it's they did everything right yeah in yeah. terms of accessibility and and bringing it up to snuff and de-jankifying it and and unifying it as a as a platform um, yeah, and and you can you know I'm sure there there people are like well I still play the Java version because I can do whatever I want and the Bedrock version is this like 
storification, microtransactionification version. And like, you, that's fair criticism, but but that's how they make their money back, you know, on this crazy endeavor. Um, so you, you don't have to buy any of that. You can just pay 30 bucks and play Minecraft for a thousand hours. Great. Uh, it's sure. a very, eth- I think it's a very ethical business model to boot, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Very cool indeed. Um, one other thing, uh, we are recording this on the 7th, uh, and it will, this episode will not be out for a few days, but uh, I just wanted to note here that like the world has been waiting for reviews of Hogwarts Legacy, the upcoming Harry Potter game, oh, and boy. <laughs> they are unanimously positive. Right. Like, they're getting it's getting a lot of i believe this is steam's most wish-listed game uh or most pre-ordered game like it's and this developer is fairly untested it's avalanche software and they have done a bunch of like licensed stuff and disney game like they just have not made a big game so yeah the the the, the skepticism around this game uh has been high and then everyone's like well we'll see and then every review is like this is the game. This is the Harry Potter game you've been waiting for. It's right. Amazing. And then I think that the most interesting thing about that is that, you know, here you have what seems to be a really high quality game that people are really enjoying, et cetera, et cetera. But then like you basically have the, um, you know, the folks that are like, and this is a, a pretty strong, uh, pre- pretty strong collective from what I've seen on Twitter, that are like, do not support this game because, right. you know, the creator is, you know, fucking hates trans people. And it's like, okay, I don't know, though. Like, it's interesting because, like, I see that that dialogue, but I also would guess that the sales of the game will probably be really, really high. Oh, yeah. There's no, I, so, I think I, I think pre-orders alone, especially now with the reviews, like the, the that the sales are through the roof. I, I, I was interested in getting your take on that on all of that because because my thoughts are complicated about it so i'm curious are are you did you kind of grow up or or become a harry potter fan and and has that cooled or changed over time i am you know it's funny i feel like i can rank my harry potter interest along with my star wars interest Hmm. i have great respect for for the the series Uh, actually i take it back star wars i think i have a little more personal gain in because i saw the star wars films as a child in the theater and i did love them and i did have like you know all i had original toys and all Mm -hmm. that stuff so i had it was a little bit different i really love the original trilogy core memory stuff versus uh, later in life yeah exactly um but i think that for Harry Potter, I had friends reading it, and I think I got around to reading the first or second book. I, I know I read a few, but even though they were well-written, I don't think that I really ever hit that point where I became like, re- like it clicked with me and I became really into Harry Potter, which is interesting. Because when I look at Harry Potter as a story, I'm like, this is very something that I, you know, it, it's my jam. It, it's kind of... I think I would say it kind of is like the king of like a new era of young adult books. Yeah, for that's you a know? good way to put it, for sure. Um yeah. I feel like after Harry Potter came out, then you saw, you know, um Hunger Games spin out. Like yeah. th- there were like all these other young adult well series that the kind world of unlocked. of literature and film in, yeah. in a way that was um uh 
watershed. You know, it was right. a moment, cultural moment for sure. Right, 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 right. It's yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, but so like, for instance, like maybe this is a good way of of me putting it. Like, I haven't been to Harry Potter World yet in Orlando. I'd really <laughs> like to go because I think it'd be really fun. But like for me, it's like a novelty. It's not like, oh, my God, I have to go. Whereas totally. like. The Ghibli Museum is like, I will kill a person to get over to Japan. Where is that? Is that in Japan? I assume. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't even know that existed, but that sounds. Yeah. There's a Ghibli Museum and now there's a Ghibli. I don't want to call it a theme park because it's not really that. It's like this kind of, you know, peaceful. Well, I'll send you a link. I don't want to get too off topic. But so, you know, I saw the game coming out and I was like, could be interesting. Not really in a rush to get it, though, because I kind of have this like. I like it, but I'm not like, you know, fixated on it yes. mm -hmm. kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I knew I'd probably just end up watching, you know, other people play it or whatever. Yeah, I do totally. think it looks fun and I may pick it up randomly at some point in time. But, uh, I, you know, I also I also do feel really weird about, you know, supporting J.K. Rowling. And I think she has said some pretty horrible things. And I know people are like, oh, yeah, well, you know, separate the, the thing from its creator. But I really don't want to give the creator money under those circumstances. Yep. Like, yeah, like it, it's it, it, it's kind of gross. It's, yeah, it's gross. Uh, here, here, uh, I just I have complicated thoughts about all of it. Uh, and, and I would just. I, I would love to share them with you and and the listeners and and if if this is part of a dialogue, that's great. Uh, I'm interested in anyone's uh, take on this. But in short, uh, I'll start by saying, like, obviously, J.K. Rowling is is wrong on on those beliefs, and she is wrong to double down on them, and she's wrong for saying these things. Um, and it's just disappointing and it sours the whole franchise and it makes everything sad and complicated. Um, it does. It does. And it's a shame, but you know, it, yeah. that's okay. Because yep. in my opinion, there's plenty of good stuff out there in the world to consume. And, you know, maybe your financial support, if you are on, you know, the same page with me and you don't have to be, but it, maybe the financial support can go to, you know, I don't know, like, some other game or some other franchise where the people that make it aren't, you know, fucking assholes. Sure. Uh, my, my, my complexities are like, you know, I'm not an expert on Harry Potter, JK Rowling. We came into it because my daughter became very, uh, very, like she just devoured the books and the movie. Like she became sure. like an expert on the franchise. And I never, read it or I was never in the culture ever. So I came to appreciate it and appreciate her joy and fandom as a kid experiencing sure. it all. And, and it yeah. was very wonderful. So like, again, JK Rowling is wrong on these, in these views, full stop. Mm -hmm. However, uh, as I understand it, like she's an incredible, her story is like, she came out of poverty. She had this massive success. She has donated almost all of her wealth to charity and charitable causes. She has mm -hmm. supported women throughout her career. And 
then we came to this juncture where she, you know, a 50-year-old, 60-year-old woman, uh, doesn't understand trans people and didn't put in the work or the effort to understand and said some things that are obviously wrong and, and horrible. Sure. But the entire internet, like, you know, not the entire internet, but like lots of people got rightfully very angry and, and, and pushed back on that and they have the right to boycott and ban and whatever, but it didn't create a space for, you know, conversation or dialogue or learning about, Hey, what if we took the time to, I guess I perceive her comments, not as like hateful, but as like, Hey, I, I want to protect women and right. I don't understand. I can't in, in my worldview. I can't comprehend how people can change genders if if women are to be valued. And again, that logic and that that stuff is is not correct. Right. But I I perceive it as coming from a a a, a place of protection and defense, not sure. as a place of attacking. And then I guess my other so uh, what I want to say here is like if you don't want to support this franchise and this game and these books and movies like good on you like if you feel passionate about this issue then you should not support it I fully respect that but like here's the other thing if you're gonna not support this person who's given so much to charity and supported so many good causes and protected women and whatever but and then you're going to buy Diablo 4. Right. <laughs> right. Or, or you're going to use an iPhone, which is full of conflict minerals where people are literally enslaved. Or you're going to use TikTok, which is like Chinese spyware that's, you know, uh, right. or harvest. Like, or you're, you know, like she she's not Bill Cosby. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, right. she's no, not raping people or enslaving people. She's not... Um, uh, Epstein or or uh, who's the uh, who's right. the film producer? What like right? She has an unpopular I'm, opinion. She has one unpopular opinion that your mother and grandmother also share. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm, yeah. I'm being ge- I'm generalizing, but like, hey, a fifty year old, sixty year old woman doesn't understand how trans people work. Yeah, nobody does. Not not nobody, but like. We as a society have a lot of work to do to get representation and get human rights going. So like on the list of shitty ass people in this world, I'm struggling to put J.K. Rowling, you know, at the top of the list. You know what I'm saying? No, I mean, I no, I would not. I would not put her there. Absolutely would not. Um, Yeah. And I mean, I think. You know, I agree with you. I think that there's so much, there's so much fraught, conflicting, difficult stuff um, around the trans issue. Mm-hmm. And I think that, uh, you know, the bottom line for me is always when I see people acting out of hate, um, uh, you know, I, I, I really do. I, that tends to always be the thing that turns me off. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like it. Yeah. I feel like it's kind of a shame that, you know, a person that, you know, as you said, has clearly done good things. Um, you know, that this has to be a thing that they feel very vocal about. 
Um, but at the same time, you know, I think people are people and, you know, I don't know anybody that doesn't have positive and negative qualities. Um, I don't think this necessarily means I'm going to go support the game, Mm -hmm. but you know, like it would be like, I I mean, I won't lie. Like when Diablo four hits, it will be hard for me not to buy it because I have loved the franchise for so long. Many wonderful, talented, extraordinary, good people have worked to make that game awesome for you to enjoy. And right. So it's very multifaceted and difficult, I think, you know, and it's like, it's kind of the same thing here. You know, these people that made this game, they're using, you know, her world, they're using her, her intellectual property you know and it's like well you know we don't want her to make any money so we'll ignore what these people clearly made well mm-hmm. um it's it's tough it's a really yeah. it's a really tough issue yeah. um, and i'm not claiming to have any perfect answers to it either you know because yeah. I, I i don't yeah i i again really respect anyone who does not feel comfortable going going for it but like but and also i hope i'm not trying to justify my own purchase of it or whatever but i i hope that we can also say like the fandom is huge and this game will be massive and it will be a great experience and it and i hope people can enjoy it without it being um tarnished and and because the reviews are good uh, and it looks like, you know, the, the PC performance is, is, is rare. It should be where it should be. Like, uh, this game will come out on the day that this episode publishes. So pro most likely next week, although we're going away. So actually it may be some time before we get to talk about it. But anyway, I would give it an 85% chance that, that, that I will purchase this game and, and play mm. it with my daughter and, and then uh, we will report in on our experiences at, <laughs> at some point in the future. Because um, yeah. yeah. maybe, may you know, perhaps some people are, are interested or on the fence and perhaps some people are saying, I will never buy this game and I'm not interested in hearing about it. But just, uh, yeah, just setting up the discussion for, yeah, we will probably cover it here and uh I hope whoever wants to enjoy it can enjoy it without being yeah. um, bogged down by this yeah. stuff. And if this is a discussion that uh, listeners you have thoughts on as well, I think it would be interesting to hear them. I think it's yes, a please. really multifaceted discussion. So, um, you know, we'd love to hear your take. Um, yeah. And, and, and also I invite anyone, if, if, if you feel strongly about this and you think that I am wrong in, in my sort of, Hey, it's very complex. And maybe you say, no, it's cut and dry because she said this or that. Um, p- please chime in. I, 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 I wish I, I, I've just read, you know, basic articles in Wikipedia and it's like, she liked this tweet and said something about menstruation and, and that's it. And that's what she said. And it's like, Oh really? That's it. Like I I can't, it's hard for me to really understand this issue. So I would like to be educated, please. Yeah, sure. Anyway. Wow. Heavier episode today, but uh, (laughs) what do you say we take a break and uh, just touch on the things that we've been dabbling in since last time and, uh, and uh, talk about some more video games right after this. back with the true purpose of this podcast to talk about the video games themselves what we've been playing and enjoying and uh what's what's kicking around so uh you you said you were dabbling in something new since last time no i'm actually no i'm actually really not i uh i think i tried 
one demo that was the only new thing i think i played i tried um uh gordlets which if uh, Ooh, yeah. no one has heard about gordlets yes. um, it does have a free demo so that's what i checked out um it's a little city building sandbox um, you just kind of get to place buildings and scenery and watch the Gordlets, you know, visit and interact with your world. There are no objectives. There are new <laughs> points. You are just building stuff. Yep. I liked it. I thought it was fun. Um, I felt like it got me. It was really interesting. It, it, it got me thinking about what about a no goals game makes you want to come back. And that's I my remember, question for you. Yeah. When I, when I read, when I, when I read people's reviews of, um, or actually I was reading a blurb about this game. That's what it was. And uh, there were some folks saying that there was another game in this like city building sandbox with no goal genre where like the only thing that would have made it better would have been like seeing people interact with what you built. And so I think that's what Gordlets wanted to do. Mm hmm. Um, it's definitely fun. I would have to be in a certain kind of mood to keep playing it. It didn't give me that hook of like, like with Dorf Romantic where I was like, oh yeah, I want to go back because right. every time I would play Dorf Romantic, you know, there is a strategy. There is a, you do have certain challenges and Gordlets has no challenges at all. Yeah. And I think as a gamer, I'm a gamer that prefers to have some challenges or mm -hmm. I don't know if it really makes me want to come back and play. Like um, I was playing um, garden galaxy, which I talked about at length and I was like, Oh my God, I'm so plugged into this. And it lasted for about a week. And then I hit a point where I was like, well, I'm just kind of getting the same pieces and like, I could, mm. I could make more stuff, but you know, I had already built one kind of like big garden and I was like, okay, I think I'm kind of done with this now. Yep. Whereas like stardew, it's like I log into Stardew and I'm like, okay, well, you know, there's all kinds of random stuff I could do that doesn't necessarily have a goal. But like, I tend to like to go to Stardew and maybe just be like, okay, I have this goal and maybe I'll work towards it in kind of a lazy way, but also maybe just, you know, hang out and fish for a while or, you know, whatever. Right. So I think like personally for me playing this made me kind of go, this is really cute maybe I almost feel like I would play this more on a phone. Yeah, totally. Like, yep. cause I could just be like, Oh, I'll go check on my, on my, on my city. But I think for me, there has to be some kind of cause and effect for me to want to yep. come back. Yep. I'm the exactly game. the same way. And that sort of, uh, that informs my view on, on what this game is. My only lingering question is like, it's not a goal per se, but like, does the way you construct the city, impact how the gordlets move around or or interact meaning like could you create your own goal of like hey i really want to make a town square where all the gordlets will gather and hang out so i need to position my buildings and my gardens and my whatever in this way to achieve that self-directed goal or or I mean, is it like just random they just wander around they just wander around i mean yeah. I, I i did not build anything like I do think, right? That's a really good point. Like if you built certain things that made that, then you could like unlock them doing certain things. Mm -hmm. okay. That would be interesting. Yeah, you know? but then that's it'd not... be like, oh, I found these little gold nuggets. Well, maybe I played a demo, so I don't really know. Mm -hmm. But like according to the description, it's no objectives, no points, just building. And so I don't know. 
I'm not sure. Uh, but like an, for me, yeah. I get the click of reward. And I do think that this is like a there's a level of like reward stimulation in the brain here. Yep. Like I get like a level of like, ooh, when I'm playing Dorf Romantic because it's peaceful and I'm building. But there is also like, OK, well, you, you do need to do this. Bef- you know, you need to achieve this goal before this or you're going to run out of tiles here's where my head goes and it's an interest it's a it's a developmental and existential question when kids play with toys blocks legos they don't need a goal they're just playing and they're just creating something and that is like let me build it oh this is a cool airplane and oh this building and you're you're just there's no reward. There is just play. And and so what is it about our adult brains where, and maybe it's just us, but, but also if you look at the games industry across the board, there are very few townscapers and gordlets and infinite amounts of get this amount of XP to level up to this thing. Like, Right. So what right. what do you know, this is I'm sure psychologists and pediatricians can tell us the answer to this, but like we lose we just lose that play for play's sake at some point and and then everything becomes goal oriented. We are still playing games for their right. own sake, but they have right. to have goals. And then that is that is extrapolated to absurd degrees where it's like here's the loot box that you really, really want and I need to have it and pay money to get it. And that's the, 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 the uh, abuse of yeah. that psychology. But yeah, I, I mean, I think it's, it, that's interesting. I think, I think that's a very valid point. I think I'd also like consider for myself personally that in addition to as an adult being goal oriented, because that's kind of what society fosters. I would also argue that there's definitely a dopamine fix for me in gaming. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I got, so uh, maybe the question is why don't we get dopamine from just playing blocks, like building a cool tower? That's a good question. That's a good question. The kids fired up townscaper recently. And again, I was like, this is so beautiful and wonderful. And I just, after 20 minutes, I'm like, okay, I'm right. good. Right, yeah. And and the thing about that is, to me, is that I feel like that may be perfect for a certain kind of player. But, like, one of the things Who about Minecraft, player? I don't know. I mean, I, and neither one is you or me, so I'd have to say, okay, like, who is this player? But, like... You know, for instance, to just be, well, I was going to say to just be endlessly creative Minecraft, but then like Minecraft does have some goals, does it not? Well, if you're playing the normal version, yes, tons of goals. If you're playing creative, not really. You get every block and every system at your disposal with add an infinite amount and you just go. So that's, that's actually correct. Like, so Minecraft creative mode in my semantic view would be a toy not a game but that's right we did talk about this now that i stopped to think about it i don't know that's this is very interesting to me Hmm. yeah it is interesting what why why is creative mode in minecraft way more compelling to me 
than building in Townscaper. And maybe it's just a matter of complexity because like if I spent enough time, I could build a fucking computer in creative Minecraft. But for sure. a Townscaper, it's like, well, I could make this town blue or yellow and it will be very pretty. <laughs> right. But that's about it. I mean, I will say this for myself personally, I find that for the kind of play without necessarily a goal, I tend to make art mm -hmm. to do yes. that. That's And yep. like, mm -hmm. you know, I might make the art and I might be like, cool, I made this thing. And I try my best, although it's very hard not to judge my art in any type of this is good and this is bad way. Lettering really pushed me with that because I felt like when I looked at other people on Instagram, I really did get into comparison and I felt like I was just really not doing myself any favors with mm -hmm, that. Mm -hmm. So I kind of stopped looking and decided to take a break from it for a little while. But I think that creating, you know, making whatever you feel like making to me, that is one of my like inner child expressions basically. And if I'm going to do that, I'd rather do that with, with, um, real life tools because I, the real life tools for me, like the, the can't think of the word, but like the, the physical act Tac of tactile. making things. Yeah. The tech, thank you. The tactile, um, act, uh, seems to be really rewarding for me. Now here's a question. Here's the big yeah. question for you about this. Yeah. When you create something, a piece of art. Is there a closure? Is there a closing act to that act, a closing moment to that act where you are showing someone? Meaning, even if it's just your partner or no. it's the internet? For or... me, uh, this is just for me, only me. So I don't know what okay. other people are like. But yep. for me, I when I look down at the art and I say, yeah, I think I'm finished. That's it. And I used to take pictures, but sometimes I don't. In fact, more yeah. often I don't now. And I, for me, it's just, I feel like I'm, I feel like th I, this is, I'm done now. That's, so there's a purity in that akin to I'm a child and I'm just playing blocks to play blocks and uh -huh. there's no audience. I'm not showing mom or dad. I'm just playing because I'm in the moment playing. And so, yeah, the reason I ask that is because as an adult, like, you know, I work in a creative field and I do creative things, but like for me, and maybe this is a broken, this is a broken part of my brain, like 99% of anything I'm doing will, I have to show it or post it or what, like there has to be an, like, why am I doing this if not for an audience of some kind? And, and right. therein lies the goal. I'm not doing art for art's sake or I'm not playing blocks for blocks sake. I'm building something to then show it off. And, and that's, and that also would be in Minecraft. It's like, I'm playing, not me personally, but a kid playing Minecraft in creative mode, building a crazy tower. That's awesome because my friends will then join in the server and see it and be in the world with me. like, sure. There's a, there's a goal layer outside of the art or the game that it just adds a social component to it. Sure. And I, I'm just, I'm just pleased to hear that for you, it's like, I'm just doing this to do it for me. And that is it. And I think that's very valuable and healthy. Yeah. I mean, for me, it, it is. And I mean, let me, let me say this. When I was a teenager, I made art like constantly, like mm -hmm. every single day. 
And then I stopped as an adult when I got a job and I started doing hmm. more things. And it's only been really, you know, in the last maybe five or six years that I started really exploring art again. And while at this exact moment in time, I haven't made anything like super recently, um, you know, I, I do, I do find that for myself, it is something that I get a certain kind of pleasure out of. I know yeah. that I've also read some interesting things about how art affects the, um, the nervous system. Yes. And I've become more interested in how the nervous system works um, as I've gotten older and have experienced things regarding my own. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's just kind of one of those things that that I per have a personal interest in. But I, I do know that there are certain things for every person and they vary that can have calming and moderating effects on the nervous system. And so yes. one of the reasons that I do create things other than personal enjoyment is an effort to consciously help moderate my nervous system. Yeah. And it's interesting that there don't seem to be any games or building digital building toys that scratch the itch. Although right. I wonder if creative mode in Minecraft would be interesting to your, to your brain. Right. Um, yeah. Cause that's the kind of thing that is very, um, um, peaceful, you know, even it's not the same thing, but even power wash simulator, it, it has a, it, it has a, a pseudo tactile satisfaction to it that I think is akin to drawing or coloring or, or yeah, I really think it, it in a way it's like reverse coloring. You're, you're removing the color instead of mm -hmm. adding the color. And, uh, mm -hmm. It has that same satisfaction. It has that same, I'm coloring in the lines and all the lines are filled in feeling. Right. Even right. though it's a game with goals and systems and money and whatever. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. I and love I mean, this. Yeah. As a, as a creative brained, like hard right brain person, I feel like there's so much to explore in games that has forever stimulated, excited, and fascinated me. But that said, I do think that if you're a creative person, you probably have things you enjoy making as well. And so, yeah, I personally always am like, what can I, you know, I question myself. I, I know art is rejuvenating to me. So I'll be like, you know, what can I make? I don't want to spend too much time in other people's stuff and not have any space for myself to make right. things. Mm -hmm. That's the best way for me to put it. Yep. Yeah. I often... I've said this before. I don't know if it's on this show or elsewhere, but like, um, it's like, a like creativity for me is like a cup and so a cup of water. And so I need to fill it up with other people's, I need to be inspired by other things. And that could be anything, you know, right. text or a movie or a game or whatever music. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if I consume to your point, if I consume other people's stuff too much and not do my own, then it just, you know, the cup just fills and starts overflowing. And then well, what, what I, what, what I think my brain needs is like fill up the cup and then dump it out, make something. And then, whoo, that was exhausting. Yeah. I need to just chill, watch Netflix for a while, boop, cup fills up, then dump yeah. it out again. And if, if that's, if that flow is, is out of balance, then, um, that is not good for my creative mental health, so to yep. speak. 
Yep. Same. I know. For me. I know. You know what I'm saying. Oh, here. I, exactly. I mean, but. I I can I can gauge when. I'm just kind of feeling weird or whatever. Yeah. And like, I can, I kind of think of it as being like artistically constipated. Like, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> if I exactly want to like, right. like forcefully shake myself out of, of, of a depression, yeah. I will often either exercise or like force myself to move in some way, shape or form or make something just Good. to see like if it, and it, and I mean, I would say nine times out of 10, it, it, it shakes me up enough in the, in the right way. So this is good good advice good tips yeah, uh, yeah. all right gordlets i'm still fascinated by this game i might give the demo a look but um anything else that you've been dabbling uh, with the only other thing that i can say that i've been giving a lot of time to is dead space i'm yes. really enjoying it yeah. um and i am now at a point where i am in story that i have never seen before Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm very curious, even though I'm also pretty sure that I know where the story is going. And as I said to my husband last night, you know, this is alien basically. And he yeah. was like, yes, but they <laughs> added another element, which I won't mention cause I don't want to spoil it for if there's mm -hmm, anyone else mm -hmm. that's playing that, um, you know, hasn't seen it or whatever. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so just really enjoying it. So my vibe space horror all the way. Um, and yeah, I, I hope to be, uh, I hope to be much deeper in by the time, in fact, by the next time we talk, I would hope that I'll be done. Um, yeah, nice. So I've been playing okay. every wow, night. You're really booking so it. Yeah. You're getting, really getting all the way it. through. That's great. Yeah. Really, really enjoying it. So I have not picked Hi-Fi Rush back up because I've been so obsessed with this, mm -hmm. but I can imagine that I'll probably pick it back up after, you know, darkness one. <laughs> it's, it is that yes at this time of year perhaps that is joy uh, light and happy or or dark grimy space uh, thing where i get to stomp people to death until their guts fly across the room <laughs> it's so satisfying if you've never played dead space and you've never stomped on a body like you can stomp on bodies multiple times and just like different levels of guts fly out <laughs> <laughs> it, it is just a delight like it's so visceral and wonderful uh, I, yeah i know i'm insane body stomping no you're not i mean look this game this remake is getting rave reviews yours among them and uh i get it it's i'm glad they did it right that sounds fantastic yeah yeah very I good think they did all right i do think they let's did. take another quick little break and we'll talk about a few more video games once we get back We are back to talk about uh, a handful of other games that we've been playing. Uh, I have not played it much since we last spoke, but I do want to touch on two quick things. Uh, one is a shout out to Daki in our Discord who uh, messaged me, uh, DM'd me, and said, hey, would you be interested in uh, checking out uh, Desta, which is a game oh. that Daki has done art for. Yes. And yes. it was it, it, it is a it, it's a mo it's on a bunch of platforms, but it was on mobile as a Netflix game. And I had looked into it, but I, I just I, well, you know what? My wife's Netflix password was changed or whatever. So I didn't get around to like logging in. Like I had the game downloaded and I was like. Hey, can, let me try this out. And then I, you know, crazy, our lives are just stupid busy. So it's like, I just never got the damn Netflix password in time. But then Docky reached out and said, hey, we, we're giving away codes. 
for uh, for people to tr- try the game on Steam. And I said, yes, please. Uh, so this so so I got a so full disclosure, this game was uh, given to us uh, yes. by us two games. Yes. Um, which also worked on the Monument Valley and Monument Valley 2 ports to PC. Uh, so just uh, just their resume here is just a ton of like beautiful beautiful games. So I've started Desta on the uh, the full name is Desta: The Memories Between mm-hmm. uh, on Steam, and I've started it on the Steam Deck. And I've only I've really only put in like thirty to forty five minutes, so I've barely scratched the surface. But it is a it, it's a tactics game about a a non-binary protagonist mm-hmm. who is going through their dreams there's there's some family strife she's trying to uh, I'm I'm sorry I'm saying she but it's they um they are trying to reconcile with their mother and and no spoilers here this all happens like right away uh the their father has passed on and there's uh, and and they're going through their dreams so each level is like a dream sequence but it's a tactics game, so I would generally, I would sort of describe it as like, like a Final Fantasy Tactics grid or like a Fire Emblem Tactics grid mixed with a, 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 a just a smattering of almost like Captain Toad's Treasure Tracker. Not really, <laughs> but you can rotate the board so that you can see the landscape. So it's kind of like. Oh, I'm over here and I'm trying to get an enemy over here, but I can't reach it. Oh, let me rotate the board. Oh, right. There's a fence here. I can't throw the ball over the fence, so I got to go around. And the weapons are the the only weapon I've seen so far. It's almost like a dodgeball. So the balls are on the field, are on the grid, and you have to move your character over to the ball, pick up the ball, and then um, and then throw it at an enemy. And the balls will ricochet around. So it's turn-based and you can you start to as you're going through the tutorial you can start to um gain additional characters like Des- it's Desta and then they have like a there's like a crystal Desta maybe like their conscience or like a dream voice that's coming to them and so you can start controlling two characters and you're I'm you're starting to see mechanics of like okay I can pass the ball from like I, this character cannot reach the enemy no matter where they are positioned. But if I grab the ball with character two, move them into position, then th- then pass the ball to the second character, then the second character can reach and you can kind of ricochet the ball off the wall and get them on the side. So it become it's quickly becoming like it's starting out as a very simple like linear story game and it is quick the tutorial is quickly ramping up to like oh there's going to be some very deep tactics here so i'm i'm really enjoying the gameplay but also like this game just oozes style like it has a beautiful art style um and really really good sound design it's hard to put my finger on it but the, the the music is like it's like a this, these terms are meaningless, but it's like a, this very it's like electro jazz. It's not a real thing, but like it has this very tactile synthetic feel that I really really love. I love this sound. The voice it's fully voiced, and the voice work is excellent. And then you know there's the intangible stuff of like 
the menu sounds or the, you know, the sounds where you pick up a ball or you throw the web, you know, it's these sounds in games that are not specific to objects or actions. They're just like indicator sounds, you know, you know what I mean? Those are very ethereal. They're very tactile. They're very engrossing. It's hard to, it's hard to explain why, uh, you know, in with descriptions, but, um, there's just something very memorable about the way this uh, this game is designed. So anyway, I've barely scratched the surface of it. Um, it's not the kind of game I would seek out because usually if I'm like, I want to play a big tactics game, you know, I'm going to get right. a Fire Emblem or I'm going to get a Ogre Battle or whatever. So it's a it's it's one of those hybrid genres that I, I wouldn't I wouldn't seek out and purchase myself, but. I'm glad that we have access to it. So thank you to us two games for providing copy. Uh, thanks to Daki for sending it our way. Uh, I'll report back in with more as I play it. Oh, one other thing. Um, it's brand new. It's not even out yet. Uh, so it's, it's not, it's one, you know, you look on steam and it's like, we don't know if it's verified. Like steam is still learning about this game. So it's a question mark on steam deck runs flawlessly on steam deck oh like, wow nice default setting you know it's not the most demanding game but like there's tons of games that are like this is like a 2d platformer and runs like shit like why is this broken um default settings 60 frames per second you don't have to change anything or do anything like out of the box it's just fluid and gorgeous and it's just a very very nice experience on steam deck so i hope that i hope that people will enjoy it with controller support i hope that maybe they end up with a switch port at some point like it's it's a really nice experience for that for a handheld experience right. well speaking of that i'm going to interrupt you and 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 say that actually uh desta was grabbed by netflix last year yep. and so if you have a netflix account you can actually install it on your phone and play it for free yep um, but the, 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 the PC version is, is what is, has, has not been, um, the version that we were gifted, which I also wanted to say that Docky kindly gifted me a version too, so I could try it and I have not tried it yet. I blame dead space. So, um, <laughs> I'm hoping that by the next time we talk, I will have had time to play this because visually I'm just like, like obsessed with what I'm looking at. So it's a treat, um, man. Yeah. Gorgeous. Freaking gorgeous. So yeah, I look forward to playing it and I'm glad, um, I'm glad to, to hear that you have enjoyed what you've played so far. Yep. So far. So good. Um, one other thing I just want to shout back to you because I am just so damn obsessed and I've talked about it a little bit, but I, I want to share it again, which is, um, heroes of Aethric, which is a mobile game, it might be on Steam also, but like the mobile experience is what this is for. Um, again, it's based on the mechanics of it are based on Orna, the Orna RPG, which is a GPS RPG. But this is an MMO in your pocket. And again, it is the answer to my prayers. It is everything I've wanted in like a mobile, casual, but still like really engrossing uh, mobile MMO. And I just want to tag back into it because i was able to find a very active uh kingdom to join which is like a guild or a faction or whatever and um it's just so nice to be in this casual community so you can chat in the game but many of the kingdoms also create discord so it's just nice to just see 
people, you know, the, the leaders of this kingdom being like, hey, like, hey, everyone, I'm starting a raid and or I'm starting a gauntlet. Hey, get in there. Oh, who knows this person? Oh, I need this thing or that thing. And it makes this otherwise very simple, grindy RPG so much more social and it makes it a really nice experience to check in on. And and I think the real the key for me is like um my my kingdom needs me, you know, in a in a very, you know, that's a like a kind of a silly way. But it's like the core loop mechanics of the kingdom are like, okay, the raids are where it's at. It's these big bosses where everyone fights the boss sort of asynchronously and you can as you knock the hit points down if you participate in the raid everyone shares the spoils so once the boss is defeated you you get like a windfall of experience and unique items which you use for crafting and upgrading and whatever so like participating so everyone wants to participate in the raids and you can the the kingdoms can launch multiple raids at the at the same time and they go up in difficulty so sometimes i'm doing like a hundred thousand damage in my run against a very easy boss. And sometimes the bosses like two levels up are like, bam, one hit kills me instantly. And I'm like, not even prepared. I, I have no, no effect on this, but it's still good to participate. But the re the, the part that's interesting is like, in order to launch a raid, the kingdom needs a currency called orns. And in order for the kingdom to generate orns, Everyone in the kingdom has to work together to defeat a gauntlet, which is just like you get assigned. I don't know if it's like a random monster or if the king will assign them, the leader of the kingdom will assign a monster to you. But it's like everyone gets assigned a monster and you have to defeat that monster, sometimes two or three to and and you have and everyone has to win their gauntlet with without losing three times to generate orns. Also, there are kingdom quests which are like, hey, defeat this many of this enemy and that many of that enemy. And so as you're playing the game, as you're doing the main quest, you're leveling up, you're upgrading, you can see these enemies in the world. And as you defeat them, you are completing your kingdom quest. So you're like you're contributing currency to the kingdom, which then allows the kingdom to create the raids, which is what everyone wants to do. And it just becomes this virtuous cycle of like, hey, everyone, make sure you do this or check in on that or we need you to complete that. And it it just makes this like really casual social experience where we are working together to all get stronger. And, you know, these are core mechanics of a lot of cooperative MMO, uh, you know, RPG MMOs. But it's just so chill and your pocket like, hey, I'm, the kids are at swimming lessons. I'm going to just grind out this dungeon and boop, boop, boop. Oh, you know what? Hey, I'm I'm going to be offline or I'm going to be working or I'm going to be sleeping. So if I get, you know, three more, you know, you can get all these equipment, pieces of equipment and then you can disassemble. You can dismantle them into their core material. So it's like, I don't need this armor or this sword. So let me melt them down into silver and then use the silver to upgrade my you know, my shield. And that's going to take five hours because it's like level five. So it's like, boop, boop. All right, I'm going to sleep. And then you wake up in the morning. It's like, yeah, my shield is like plus 10 now. And now I'm going to be a little bit stronger. So maybe I can do a little more damage to that next time we get a raid. And it's just this like, again, numbers going up, but it's like teamwork and it's social. And we're all in the, dis in the discord together, like hanging out. And it's just like, it's so nice. It's so nice to have a mobile MMO experience. Like I, 
you know, I know the Final Fantasy fourteen obsessives are like doing those same loops on a much more hardcore way. <laughs> this casual version is is really nice to have in your pocket. So if any of this appeals to you, uh, it's Heroes of Aethric, um, and there's a very vibrant community. Like I'm so I'm loving this game so much that I'm like. I want to buy a skin for five bucks to support the developers. I want to throw them a buck on Patreon. Cause like, I want this game to make money. Like it's very ethical. There's no loot boxes. There's no gotcha. There's nothing like you can buy a hammer. That's like, Hey, you don't want to wait three days for your equipment to upgrade. You can like pay two bucks to like speed it up or whatever. Like I want, I really want this community and this game to keep existing. So like, uh, uh, how can I help? You know, I just want to throw them a, you know, buy a skin or something anyway. Yeah. If any of this appeals to you and you want to check it out, let me know because I can, the kingdom, my, the, 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 the tricky spot was like, Hey, I want to be involved in a kingdom. And I joined three or four and I was like, am I missing something? Like nothing's going on, nothing's happening, no one's talking. And I just realized that you, I must have joined like dormant or dead kingdoms. And when I finally joined a kingdom that was very active, it all fell into place. I was like, mm. oh yeah, we're all working towards this goal. We're all here. Um, so if if any of this appeals to you and you want to join up where I am or, or, or be aware of where people are active, I can tell you what faction and what kingdom to join up with. And, uh, it might be a fun time. So anyway, nice. heroes of Aethric, check it out on a phone nice. near you. I love it. Awesome. That's it. We done. We done. We're getting out of here. Colette's got to go to work. Final thoughts. Dead space. I don't want to really work. I just want to play dead space. She just wants to stomp. I do. I just want to stomp. It's really, really, really rewarding. Just stomp. Just stomp. Catch you next week. (laughs) Bye. Bye.